Welcome to episode 18 of the Zay Coming Podcast. Today we'll be grading the Sacramento Kings in the New York Knicks offseason. Let's start with the Sacramento Kings. A team that for the past give or take 15 years has been in, for the most part, been in purgatory. Been in not bad enough to get a top, top pick, but not bad or not good enough to be a or a playoff team, honestly. Or even a play-in team as we've seen last year. They weren't close. And it's mostly down to, they don't have an, A, they don't have a competent coach around their star, De'Aaron Fox. And they don't have a roster built around De'Aaron Fox. Mar- or Marvin Bagley, who I've had, you know, I've made public how much I do not like Marvin Bagley's game whatsoever. Harrison Barnes tied up for, I think, four more years, three more years maybe. Buddy Heald seems like he's always in the trade market and no one outside of the Lakers this offseason has even made an attempt to make an offer for Brad, or for Buddy Heald. The fact that Tyrese Halliburton, who last season played like the second best player on the Sacramento Kings, will probably be coming off the bench this season. Rashawn Holmes, who I think has been a very underrated has been a shining light in this ever so glooming darkness that is the Sacramento Kings. They just paid him, and I don't know. He's nothing. He's not going to get much better than what he is right now, which is still good. It's still the third best player on the Sacramento Kings, but how much is that going to lead to being a playoff team in the Western Conference? Not much. You know, they have they've let guys. Hey, even like guys that most teams gave up on and they signed. They probably won't be back on the roster next year. They are guys like Damian Jones, Shemizi Metu, guys who played well for them down the stretch at the end of the season. Again, didn't really mean much because they weren't a playoff team. But still, you know, a guys, guys that you can grow with coming off the bench, they probably won't be back next year. They lost to Sound Whiteside, which is which kind of their locker room leader at that point. Again, not saying much because it's the Kings. Spent a draft pick on a point guard on the one position you do not need. Oh, good. A good pick, no, nonetheless. And Davion Mitchell, a pick you did not need because you just drafted a point guard last year, and you also signed your franchise point guard to a five-year max extension just a year ago. It makes no sense for the Kings. Again, it, this could all make a lot more sense if Buddy Heald wasn't on the roster, but he will be showing up to training camp as a, as a member of the Sacramento Kings and will probably finish next season as a member of the Sacramento Kings. Which, again, it goes to ask, why did you spend a pick on Davion Mitchell when you could have just spent a pick on a big man? Again, Lord knows what pick you, who would have been a big man pick at nine. But here's an even funnier idea. If Buddy Heald isn't as valuable as they might believe, package Buddy Heald in a ninth pick for a big man. I'm sh- I guarantee you there is a big man out there that could help the Sacramento Kings right now. Or even in the future, there could be a young big man out there that could help Sacramento be better than what they are if they had just packaged Buddy Hill. And again, or package Buddy Hill in the ninth pick, which the ninth pick they might have needed if it was a big man available. But there was only guards taken probably the next eight or nine picks. You look at Corey Kispert, Chris Dorte, Moses Moody, James Booknight. Like that that whole, you know, from nine 
to about 17, 18 area, like that was straight guards. You package that pick for a big man. Again, I Lord knows what young big man out there. I'm just literally thinking in my head, what young big man would be worth Buddy Heald in the ninth pick? Like there's there is none basically, but at least that's that's coming to mind right now. There's you know, you can pack you get to probably uh talk to maybe Atlanta and probably Atlanta. They probably would have gave you a Congo, probably Cam, Cam Reddish. They Cam Reddish probably would have been their, the main target. Cam Reddish, a Congo, and probably you know a later pick, probably like that early second, the whatever, which the probably the Jalen Johnson pick, basically is what I'm saying. That could have probably been a trade. And again, Atlanta probably doesn't need a Buddy Heal. Probably doesn't don't need the ninth pick either. Which, to be honest, if they did get Davion Mitchell, would be kind of crazy. But you know, just looking out the looking out there. Shoot, talk to uh, Chicago. They might be willing to give, uh, go get Buddy Hill, get another shooter. He could probably come off the bench for them. Package, you know, a sign and trade for Laurie Markkinen. Again, or again, probably won't work because Marvin Bagley's already power forward there. And you don't need multiple of those 2017 and 2018 draft power forwards that didn't pan out how we thought they were, how, how they thought, how we thought they would. But that's that's just just you look. That's the thing. You have an analytics department. You have twenty seven coaches on your coaching staff. GMs, PBOs, you know, front office scouts. You all of those guys have to collab together. If there isn't a, if there is an entity on the team that's not working, if Buddy Hill very clearly doesn't want to be a member of your team anymore, then go seek a trade for him. Let him be happy. And built around Fox Halliburton and now Davion Mitchell. It's not honestly. I know this is coming from a guy that's sitting on the floor in a yoga room right now, but it's really not that difficult, huh? It really isn't that difficult. But at the same time, Brad, uh, Buddy Heel being just locked up for like three more years under contract again. It. At the time, it wasn't his fault because at the time, this Kings were a ninth seed on the rise. Marvin Bagley had had a halfway decent rookie year. Fox had been, you know, been the elite point guard he was. They had a competent coach at the time that wasn't Luke Walton. They, you know, Harrison, they had just gotten Harrison Barnes and he had played great for them. He was like a 19 point per game score for them. You know, like it, it wasn't that bad of a, a situation. But now you look at the Kings right now, and they probably have the, the least exciting uh, young core in the league. And that includes De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. The, a guy who I thought in the first probably month and a half of the season was the rookie of the year. Because he played like the best rookie of that class until LaMelo finally turned up uh, in about the January point of the season. But it, it's frustrating to see the Sacramento Kings be this bad and refuse to tar- to do anything about it. You, I, I say you have to go. You go get a young big man, a young big man to build your future around, and they immediately go and train for Tristan Thompson, the exact opposite of what basically what what you need right now. 
is not a 30-plus-year-old Tristan Thompson on an expiring deal who probably won't play 15 to 20 minutes for you guys or probably will play 15 to 20 minutes for you guys before you buy him out at the end, probably March. That's going to be the reality of Tristan Thompson's entire Sacramento Kings run is he's going to play 15 to 20 minutes over a guy that probably won't deserve or probably deserves it and then he's going to end up being bought out and probably going to the Lakers or whatever because they aren't happy with Dwight Howard's performance or whatever. Because that's a that's such a Lakers thing to do. Oh, they don't like how a big man is playing. They're gonna go sign another big man. Look how they did last year with Montrez. When Montrez Harrell struggled and Marcus Saul struggled, boom, they went and got Andre Drummond. It did not work. When Boogie Cousins got hurt, they signed Dwight Howard. That's and that did work. That's gonna that's a Laker that's the Lakers philosophy, and that's probably to be honest, that's the Sacramento Kings philosophy. Because if something doesn't work. They're not going to. They're not going to do anything to fix it. Like I just, I literally just said, Buddy Hill has been adamant about how he does not want to be. He's literally on the court and off the court has made it publicly clear that he doesn't want to be a Sacramento King. Why is he still on the roster? Why didn't they accept a the Kuzma? Uh, I forgot who else was part. Was it KCP was part of the trade and what the. 21st pick, I think it was. Come on now. That's a good trade for Sacramento. Because Kuzma, again, he's an older big, he's an older guy, but he's still younger than what you have at in a Rashawn Holmes and Hassan Whiteside at the time. Or you know what in Nemanja Bielitsa or they traded my fault. They traded Bielitsa. Fine. I appreciate appreciate you for doing. Or younger than Harrison Barnes, who probably who I think is still only 28, 29 years old, which is still weird to me because I feel like Harrison Barnes has been in the league for like 15 years. But that's my point still stands where the Kings have done zero to build for the future. They've run the same roster back, back basically for four years now. The same Fox, same Buddy Hill, same Harrison Barnes, same Marvin Bagley, you know, same, you know, name redacted centers that you won't find two years from now, except for Sean Holmes. Sean was the first center that actually worked for Sacramento. And then year after year, using a young guy that you don't, it ends up either panning out that you didn't need or not panning out exactly what you needed. I, Tyrese Halliburton slash Davion Mitchell, or it's your Marvin Bagley's. That's, that's basically the Sacramento Kings for the last decade. The, their two top franchise guys, they've gotten rid of just like that. Tyree uh, Evans and Boogie Cousins. It's just, it, it sucks. Because again, a draft pick like Damian Mitchell would be amazing if you didn't take Tyrese Halliburton like seven months, eight months ago. With, and with a lot of you pick. And he actually played good. He was actually a good rookie for the Sacramento Kings. I know it's a shocking. It's very, very shocking that a rookie was actually good for the Sacramento Kings. But yeah, talking about their additions. Tristan Thompson. Not fan. Won't care. Probably won't care six months from now. Davion Mitchell. It's a good pick for them. But if they did not need this pick, they didn't need him. They don't need a point guard. They don't need a shooting guard. They don't need a like small forward being here to mind the school or whatever. But let's not act like they don't. They needed 
He's a point guard. Let's not act like Tyrese Halliburton wasn't a top three rookie last year. Or that De'Aaron Fox didn't put a 25 a game last year. It's a disgrace how that front, front offense was ran. And again, I'm not saying this as Davion Mitchell being a bad player. I'm saying this as Davion Mitchell being the most unnecessary pick in the lottery by far. So talking about the New York Knicks. Appreciate them re-signing D-Rose. That was a good move. Appreciate them re-signing Nerlens Noel. He was their best. He was their anchor last year. Appreciate them giving Miranda the max or giving the yeah, giving him the extension. That was cool. But absolutely, why did you pay Evan Fournier? And again, this is not me clowning Evan Fournier the player. This man is one heck of a score. Average the girl in Orlando. It's whatever. But let's not act like the Knicks needed Evan Fournier. Like Evan Fournier was the max creator that was going to take them to the top of the mountain once again for the first time in 45 years or whatever. That the Knicks were going to win a championship under Evan Fournier. It's one thing that you signed Evan Fournier. It's another that you gave him $78 million to be basically Alec Burks. You pay him to be Alec Burks. The Knicks are the solidified lineup next year. It'll be Derrick Rose. It'll probably be Kemba, Derrick Rose, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and whichever center they care about more. Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson. They basically play the same. They have lob catching shot blockers. That's their, that's their role in the Knicks, and they play it to perfection. Evan Fournier is going to be the sixth man on that team. Why is Evan Fournier going to be a six man at $19 million a year? Because the Knicks completely, they gave up on getting another superstar. They said, forget it, we're just going to run the young guys back. But Evan Fournier is not a young guy. He's like 28. He's 28 years old. You gave him a four-year contract. And he's basically, you will basically be a spot-up shooter because he's not going to be a ball handler with Derrick Rose, Kemba Walker, Emmanuel Quickly. Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, et cetera, et cetera, on that team. He's not going to be a primary or even a secondary ball handler, probably a tertiary ball handler, if that, sadly. And again, you paid that $78 million. This is basically a copycat of yesterday when I talked about Duncan Robinson getting $90 million. For what? You paid him to be a guy who you had on your roster already, making a lot less than that. Alec Burks does not make eighteen or nineteen million dollars for the Knicks. That's just that's just how things crumbles. Trevor Reza didn't make eighteen million a year for Miami. Again, to do the same thing, probably better to be honest, because Trevor Reza is a better defender and a more consistent shooter. You know, when he not maybe not consistent, but is a more you know he's he he's a more of a threat than a Duncan Robinson is. I'll put it that way. Similar to uh, Alec Burks and Evan Fournier being in that same tier of wings who score. That's literally their job. They don't do nothing else but score. Alec Burks, when his mind is right, will play defense a little bit. But mm, chances are that's not happening. They're scorers. They play the same role in the same system. And why did you pay Evan Fournier 20 million, almost $20 million for that? Because of reasons, that's why. You just It's just reasons. Why did you have to? You didn't have to spend your cap space on that. 
you could have left that alone. You could have, you know, chopped that money up for a year or two and there are maybe, maybe free agents out there. Who knows if there's a free agent or two out there. And I don't even want to think what the 2024 free agency class looks like. But it's probably better than what you what it was this year where it was literally just Kawhi. No Kawhi signed a four-year deal. KD signed a four-year max. Uh, Kyrie and Harden about to sign a four-year maxes. Uh, but yeah, like, you could have saved that money for something. It's basically what I'm saying. You could have saved it for almost literally anything else on the planet except for Evan Fournier, a guy that's probably, he probably might be the seventh man, to be honest. Not even the sixth man. He'll probably be seventh man. I know, yeah, you talk about sharpshooters. They mix lost Reggie Bullock. Not, and I'm not upset at the Knicks for losing Reggie Bullock. I'm upset. I'm not even upset. I'm just more disappointed that Dallas spent $30 million on Reggie Bullock. Again, Reggie Bullock's cool. I love him. You know, former Pistons. We stay in former Pistons around here. But let's act not act like Reggie Bullock is, you know, what Dallas needed. They had THJ as, a, as already a shot creator who can shoot threes. And if you wanted a three-point shooter... Absolutely. Why did you trade Seth Curry a year ago for Josh Richardson, who then you traded for a big man? Again, Moses Brown, who I love. Moses Brown played excellent for OKC last year and was excellent in the G League the year before that. But again, you basically gave him for free. You gave up Josh Richardson. It basically, you're basically, you're basically saying you gave up 14 point per game Seth Curry for Moses Brown. In the second round pick and like cash considerations. That's not that that that's not moving in the right direction for Dallas. And we'll talk about Dallas probably probably tomorrow, maybe on Monday. I don't I don't know how I feel. I'm gonna feel tomorrow, uh, to be honest. But it's not again, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it in my opinion to pay Reggie Bullock. And I appreciate the Nixon not paying Reggie Bullock, but you probably could have got another sharpshooter instead. Kyle Corbett just signed as an assistant, like uh, an assistant, like athletic director or whatever, to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, what he has a long job title that really just means he's an assistant to somebody. But let's not act like that. Uh, that you know the Knicks couldn't have got a Kyle Corbett on a one point five million or a two point five million dollar contract, or probably you know I'm sure there's a sharpshooter out there right now. I'm sure there is a sharpshooter right now that. The Knicks could have got that wasn't ten million dollar Reggie Bullock, ten million million per year Reggie Bullock, or even nineteen million dollar Evan Fournier. Again, Evan Fournier might put up buckets for the Knicks, and I might look like an idiot for making this podcast ever in life ever. But at this current moment, Evan Fournier being paid by the Knicks was not a smart move for the Knicks. Shout out to Evan Fournier for getting his bag, but let's not act like he was the important piece the Knicks needed to be. You know, a conference finals appearance or even a finals appearance, whatever, for the New York Knicks. That's not, that's just not Evan Fournier. That's not his role. That's, that will never be his role. He will never be the best player on a championship team. But outside of that, the Knicks had a really good offense. Again, they just retained their top, top guy, the Burke, D Rose. You know, I'm pretty sure they re signed Ty Gibson. You know, Nerlens Noel. You know, RJ's coming back for another year. Randall, they gave the extension to. Uh, Mitchell Robinson's back for another year. You know, it's, it's cool. It's, that's all, all you need. But you know, I, I'm hoping. I hope the Knicks. Uh, I hope the Knicks get better. Uh, first, get better, 
and move farther into the playoffs next year. I don't want to see them losing in five in the Eastern Conference after they had so much promise getting bounced by Trey Young, Shushin, and Garden. Okay, so we're going to you know, end the podcast right there. If you know, missed the previous, oh, why am I blanking? 17 episodes of the podcast. They're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, right here on Anchor. You know, it's all love here. If you, you know, if you want to check me out on the socials, this is Amaker15 on Snapchat, Zay on Instagram, Zaymaker15 uh, uh, on Twitter. You name it, I'm there. I love you. Bye.